I've been here before. At this point in my ministry, as long as I've been here, I've been about everywhere at least once. So, my subject is going to be the first and last battleground. The first and last battleground. Now, let's read here chapter 36. Stay with me because you've got to read this to, to understand what's going on. Now, next Sunday, Sunday afternoon, we have our panel discussion, questions and answers. Then the following Sunday, we'll take the Lord's Supper. All right, it came to pass in the fourth year of Jehoiakim. Now, understand, the southern kingdom of Israel, you, after Solomon died, you had the kingdom of Israel divided. You had the northern kingdom, the northern ten tribes, and then you had the southern kingdom. The northern, king, the northern kingdom was called Israel, Ephraim. The southern kingdom was called Judah. And so that division never healed. So you had a whole list of kings in the northern kingdom. You had a whole list of kings in the southern kingdom. Jehoiachin, Jehoiakim, and Zedekiah were the last three kings of the southern kingdom. Here we have Jehoiakim. So you could tell that Jeremiah is right here towards the end of the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom ended up with the Babylonians, Neo-Babylonians, taking them into captivity. Nebuchadnezzar was the king. Y'all studied that some in Beverly's class. <clears throat> it came to pass in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that this word came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Now keep this in mind. You're talking about 2,600 years ago. What kind of history is this? It is absolute detailed history, and it is absolutely true. He said, This came from the Lord. He said, Take thee a roll of a book, in those days they used scrolls. They didn't use codexes. This is a codex. Got pages, leaves. But a roll, a scroll was rolled out. Take the roll of a book and write there. But there were books nonetheless. And write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel and against Judah and against all the nations from the day I spake unto thee from the days of Josiah even unto this day. Now, we have got the Word of God right here. Great old Baptist doctrine. You don't hear it enunciated much anymore. Is that we believe the Bible, especially the New Testament for New Testament churches, is our only rule of faith and practice. We still believe that. Anyway. Verse 3. It may be that the house of Judah. Will hear all the evil which I propose to do unto them. Now that's not evil such as sin. That is the wrath of God. And all of this. Because of the wrath of God. 
the evil which I purpose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his, his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. All of this, this pouring out of the wrath of God, is for the purpose of causing his people to turn back from what they've been doing and turn back to the Lord. Then Jeremiah called Baruch, the son of Neriah, and Baruch wrote from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord, which he had spoken unto him upon a roll of a book. Baruch was a amanuensis. He was one who wrote for Jeremiah, just as the apostle Paul used an amanuensis, more than one, no doubt, that he didn't do the actual writing. He spoke it and they wrote what he spoke. That's what Baruch is doing for Jeremiah. And Jeremiah commanded Baruch saying, I am shut up. I cannot go into the house of the Lord. Jeremiah was in trouble with the king of Judah because of what he's preaching. Now don't tell me that that's just old time stuff because I tell you, people right today, men right today who preach the whole counsel of God stay in trouble because people are just like they were back then. He said, therefore go thou and read in the roll which thou hast written from my mouth the words of the Lord and the people in the Lord's house upon the fasting day and also thou shalt read them in the ears of all Judah that come out of their cities. It may be they will present their supplication before the Lord and will return everyone from his evil weary that the Lord hath pronounced against this people. Everybody ought to perk their ears up and listen to this. And Baruch the son of Neriah did according to all that Jeremiah the prophet commanded him reading in the book the words of the Lord in the Lord's house. And it came to pass in the fifth year of Jehoiakim the son of Josiah king of Judah in the ninth month that they proclaimed a fast before the Lord to all the people in Jerusalem, to all the people that came from the cities of Judah under Jerusalem, then read Baruch in the book of the words of Jeremiah in the house of the Lord and the chamber of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, the scribe in the higher court at the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house in the ears of all the people. When Micaiah, the son of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan had heard out of the book all the words of the Lord. Then he went down into the king's house and to the scribe's chamber. And lo, all the princes sat there, even Elisha, the scribe, Deliah, the son of Shemaiah, and Elnathan, the son of Achbor, and Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, and Zedekiah, the son of Hananiah, and all the princes. Then Micaiah declared unto them all the words he had heard when Baruch read the book in the ears of the people. <clears throat> Therefore all the princes sent Jehudai, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Shelemiah, the son of Cushai, take in thine hand the roll wherein thou hast read in the ears of the people. And come, so Baruch the son of Neriah took the roll in his hand and came unto them. And they said unto him, Sit down now and read it in our ears. So Baruch read it in their ears. Now it came to pass, when they had heard all the words, they were afraid, both one and other, and said unto Baruch, We will surely tell the king of all of these words. You know, that's kind of that reaction we all ought to have to the reading of the word of God. 
we ought to tell others about it. And they asked Baruch, saying, Tell us now, how didst thou write all these words at his mouth? Then Baruch answered them, He pronounced all these words unto me with his mouth, and I wrote them with ink in the book. Very simple. Then said the princes unto Baruch, Go, hide thee, thou and Jeremiah, let no man know where you be. And they went into the king, into the court, but they laid up the roll, chamber of Elishama the scribe, and told all the words in the ears of the king. So the king sent Jehudai to fetch the roll, and he took it out of Elishama the scribe's chamber, and Jehudai read it in the ears of the king, and in the ears of all the princes which stood beside the king. Now the king sat in the winter house in the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. And it came to pass that when Jehudi had read three or four leaves, that'd be columns in a, in a scroll, he cut it with the, and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Burning the Bible didn't just begin with Adolf Hitler or the popes. <coughs> Yet, they were not afraid nor rent their garments. Somebody should have been. Amen. Neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words. Nevertheless, Elnathan and Deliah, Jemariah had made intercession to the king that he would not burn the robe, but he would not hear them. But the king commanded Jeremiah, the son of Hamalek, and Seraiah, the son of Azrael, and Shelemiah, the son of Abdiel, <coughs> to take Baruch, the scribe, and Jeremiah, the prophet. But the Lord hid them, wasn't ready to lose them. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after that the king had burned the roll, and the words which Baruch wrote at the mouth of Jeremiah, saying, uh, take thee again another road <laughs> and write in it all the former words that were in it in the first roll, which Jehoiakim the king of Judah hath burned so what if he didn't remember them oh God remembered them and thou shalt say to Jehoiakim king of Judah thus saith the Lord thou hast burned the ro this roll saying why hast thou written therein saying the king of Babylon shall certainly come and destroy this land and shall cause to cease from thence man and beast. Therefore thus saith the Lord of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, he shall have, done, have none to sit upon the throne of David and his dead body shall be cast out in the day of the heat and in the night to the frost. And I will punish him and his seed and his servants for their iniquity and I will bring upon them and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and upon the men of Judah all the evil that I pronounced against them, but they hearkened not. Then took Jeremiah another roll and gave it to Baruch the scribe, the son of Neriah, who wrote therein from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the book which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire, and there were added besides unto them many like words. Oh, boy, we got it done. Now we're not throwing it into the fire. No, you haven't got a thing done. You just, you just heated up your fire. 
That's all you've done, Jehoiakim. Anyway, the first and last battleground, the word of God. Book of Genesis. The first question mark in the Bible is when the serpent, Satan, said to Eve, Yea, hath God said. Questioning the Bible. And the next thing you know, he is absolutely denying the word of God. There's the first battleground. It's never changed, folks. It has never changed. It hadn't even lessened. Matter of fact, it has increased. And the last battleground is right here, the word of God. Because you know what? At the great white throne judgment, read Revelation 20. The books will be open. Which one's one of the books? Right here. Amen. Right here. This is going to be open. And this thing, Jesus said, uh, he came not to judge. His first, his first coming, he didn't come to judge. He came to be judged. He's the Savior. But he said, there is one that judges the word, and they will judge at the, at the last day. The first and last battleground. Now, Deuteronomy 4, real quick. I'm not going to be lengthy on all this. I hope not. Deuteronomy 4, verse 2. God says early on, you understand now, this is the fifth book of the Pentateuch, the first five books. And this is Moses' warning. Verse 2, you shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish, neither shall you diminish aught from it, anything. Neither shall you diminish anything from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I commanded you. Now there's Deuteronomy. Look at Proverbs 30 real quick. People say, oh, that doesn't matter. You think you got a right to say that about any part of the Word of God? No. I know you don't. The Word of God does matter. Matter of fact, to a child of God, that's about all that really does matter. Do you know where you have to go to find truth? <laughs> Do you know where you have to go to find truth in this world? Right here. To the Word of God. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Amen. My goodness. And then quickly over at Revelation 22. Verse 19. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Now, I don't know, uh, verse 18, for I testify unto man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in the book. I have a... Easier time understanding verse 18 than I do verse 19. 
but ain't either one of them insignificant. They both are very significant. Adding or taking away anything. That's what it says all the way through the Bible. All right, so these solemn warnings. Like I said, burning Bibles was not invented by the popes. Although they did burn Bibles, 1129, the Council of Toulouse, they declared the Bible to be a forbidden book. Of the days of William Tyndale, the one who actually did the bulk of the work of the King James translation. And they finally burned him at the stake. But they burned Bibles. Burned the Bibles. They claimed that they, the Catholic Church claims that they preserved the Bible. No, they tried to rid the world of the Bible. And they burned those that translated it, just like they did Tyndale. But there's a king of Judah doing his part. Now let me tell you how much, how significant that was. What Jehoiakim did. When he cut up the word of God and threw it in that fire in the hearth. Didn't mount the hill of beans for everybody else. But for him, it just, it just intensified his judgment. And that's where it is right now. Uh, you may as well try to rid yourself of God himself. And you know that religion is more responsible for trying to rid the world of the word of God than even the communists and others. Now they got <coughs> In communist countries, the Bible is an illegal book. Communist China, Joe Biden's buddy, she, XI, he may be a she, I don't know. With all that stuff going on, he may be. The Bible is an outlawed book in his country. You catch you with the Bible, you're going to prison and you may be executed. In China, Joe Biden's buddy. He's in cahoots with. Anyway, the Bible is a forbidden book in communism. But you know what? It's all also pretty much a forbidden book in most churches. Well, there are other ways to fire on the Bible than with fire. You can deny it, you can ignore it, you can reinterpret it, you can retranslate it, you can change the language for a more contemporary one. And that's what's being done. And in essence, they're burning the Bible. Denying the word of God to, to God's people. Now this old copy, some of you won't even know about this. Good news for modern man. Back in Billy Graham's heyday, the Billy Graham Crusades printed no telling how many, even millions of these good news for modern man and passed them out. Now, uh, here 1 Peter chapter 2. Uh, the, the, the Bible says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. That's how a child of God grows, is through the word of God. 
But here's how they interpreted that. They said, like newborn babies, always thirsty for the pure spiritual milk, so that by drinking it you may grow up and be saved. Is that heresy or not? Rank heresy. Uh, I couldn't find it. I've got it somewhere. I had it. The West Cotton Hort text, uh, from which the majority of these modern translations are made. And do you know in that, in that New Testament, the actual, what he says, they say is a New Testament, is much smaller than ours. Because you've got one whole section of suspected readings, and then you've got a whole section of rejected readings. They go through the New Testament and cut out most of it and then put it all rest of it in suspected reading and they don't have a whole lot left. And that's where most of these modern tra translations are made from. Well, you know, the Jehovah's Falls Witness, they, they made their Bible from that one. They sure did. Anyway, what I'm telling you is that there's other ways to burn up the Word of God besides a fire. And that's what's being done. Now we're back in Jeremiah 36. Uh, look at verse 1 and 2. It came to pass the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah. You know, he got killed. Josiah got killed in 610 at the battle of Megiddo by Pharaoh Necho. <laughs> so that's how you remember that. That was 610. And this is his son now, uh, the son of Josiah, king of Judah that this word came into Jeremiah from the Lord saying, you know, all these guys that say, don't pay any attention to the Ten Commandments now. Read Exodus chapter 20, the first verse. And God spake all these words. How dare some of these heretics tell you not to pay attention to the word of God. Better pay attention to it. That's all we got, and that's all you're going to have. And when you stand before God, that's all you're going to have is the Word of God. Anyway, we've got confidence in the written Word of God. I don't have time to get into this. If you ever, if you ever get a chance, uh, if you've got Henry Halley's uh, handbook on the Bible, several of you have got them. I know I've got one in my library don't agree with every word in there, but he's got a section in there on archaeological discoveries. Biblical archaeological discoveries. Well, see what they have uncovered. Do you know that there has never been an archaeological discovery in the land of Israel or thereabouts that has ever disproven one word of the Bible? Matter of fact, in 1938, I think it was, somewhere there about, uh, they discovered the Lakish letters. Anybody ever heard of those? The Lakish letters. It'd be worthwhile just looking that up. And what they were, they were letters written on pottery, broken pieces of pottery, but written in ink. Some of them is hard for them to discover, but... They got enough of them that you know what they do? Albright says, W.F. Albright, one of the big names in archaeology, he says, quote, 
Only a very ignorant person can now suggest that writing in many forms was not known in Palestine and the immediately surrounding regions during the entire second millennium B.C., unquote. They try to say they couldn't even write back then. And yet they find these letters, and I read Gimaliah. Do you know his name is in the Lakish letters? And several other of these folks in Jeremiah are right in there. It, it completely accords with what the Bible says. And boy, that is the way all of these archaeological discoveries are. Uh, Abraham, back in his day, uh, y'all, some of you remember, memorize those verses. Uh, God had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Well, that was about 4,000 years ago. Do you know up until I think about the th- 1930s, do you know that all of the liberals said that there wasn't a place Ur of the Chaldees? That all that was was just a biblical myth. Until they actually uncovered Ur of the Chaldees just exactly like the Bible says. And that's the way all of these archaeological discoveries are. Nothing's ever been disproven against the Bible. The Bible is historically accurate. It is scientifically accurate. And it absolutely is the Word of God. You've got it from Genesis to Revelation, the 66 books. And for English-speaking people, it's the King James Version. has nothing to do with King James. It is the Textus Receptus and the English translation of it. Keep that in mind. Verse 8 of chapter 36. Baruch the son of Uriah did according to all that Jeremiah the prophet commanded him, reading in the book the words of the Lord in the Lord's house. You know what? That's what we're supposed to be reading here. I'll tell you the truth. God not only wrote it, had it written, he commanded it to be read. The New Testament books, the epistles of the New Testament were to be read by all the churches. And they're still to be read by all the churches. And they're still to be done by all the churches. But boy, I'll tell you what, they sure not done it. They've done everything but. Everything but. He is not commanding poems, prose, and such to be read in the place of his word. I don't know why a lot of preachers go to preach a funeral, and of course, I, now there ain't a whole lot of funerals being preached. You look up in the obituaries, and many of them, I read one yesterday, such a such guy died, and he his survivor is his husband. <clears throat> the thing knows better than that now. Anyway, very few of them even mention the Lord anymore. And I noticed uh, they have uh, gatherings and have beer busts to commemorate them and all of that stuff. They do it on Sunday. They have their visitation on Wednesday night. You know what? Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. We're not going to quit serving the Lord 
because somebody dies. I mean, if I die before this afternoon, you better have this afternoon service. Anyway, I don't know why preachers, they bring somebody's poem and read that at a funeral. I see them. They don't even bring a Bible. They got their little bitty book and got those poems in there. And read. I, and I'll tell you what, if somebody in your family dies and you don't, don't print that little heathen prayer that says, if you want to see me, the one speaking for the one that's passed, I'll be in the wind. I'll be in the trees. I'll be in the flower. No, you won't be. You die, if you're lost, you'll be in hell. Amen. If you're saved, you'll be in heaven. Amen. And there ain't no in between place. So don't bring any of those ridiculous poems uh, and, and read them. Anyway, why don't our preachers do all of that? Anything but the word of God. Verse 16. Now it came to pass when they had heard all the words. Now a lot of times people don't hear all the words because they're sitting there talking to somebody on their phone. That's one of the curses of this age. I know I've heard about them sitting there texting and all that on your phone while you're supposed to be listening to the word. I'm not jealous over me. I don't mount a hill of beans. But if I'm preaching the word of God, you ought to sit still and listen to it because you're going to hear it one day at the white throne judgment. It won't be the last time. Now that is the word of God. What I have to say about it may or may not be acceptable. But the word of God is what is the word of God. And you must listen to that. Anyway, Verse 16, did I read that? When they heard all the words, they were afraid, both one another, and said unto Baruch, we will surely tell the king of all of their words. Let me tell you, when you, when you hear the word of God, it will disrupt your life. It will disrupt your plans. Because very few people have any kind of plans that include the Lord. Amen. If you're saved, you do. But if you're not saved, your plans don't include, don't even consider the Lord, don't even consider His Word. So let me tell you, if you ever hear it, I can't make it. I know I'm loud. Uh, I hope I'm not being mean. I want you to hear what I have to say. And not because of me. If anything's right, it's not because I said it. It's because God said it. If anything's wrong, it's not because I said it. It's because God said it. But I want you to hear the word. Now after you hear it, you may just let it pass over like water on a duck's back. You can do that. I can't stop it. I can't make you hear it. But if you ever hear it, 
It'll disrupt your life. Look what happened to the apostle Paul. And he was raised with the Old Testament. He was schooled in the Old Testament. And you look at what happened to him on the road to Damascus. He was a lost Jew. <clears throat> who hated Jesus. Who hated the disciples of Jesus. And he was persecuting. Given, given authority to stone him to death. On his way to Damascus, Syria from Jerusalem. To put others in prison and to stone others. His life did not have the Lord in it. It had his religion, which was a false religion. But that's all. It did not have the Lord and did not truly have the word of the Lord in there. But when the Lord struck him down, he finally heard the word of God. And look what it did to Saul of Tarsus. It turned his life upside down. He was never the same. But his service to the Lord is, we say legendary, but it was true. Anyway, no wonder the liberals wanted to go away. Second Corinthians. Verse 14, chapter 2. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved. If you wonder why some people love you when you're preaching the word, and others don't. There it is right there. Amen. And in them that are saved. And in them that perish. You're still a savor unto them. But not the same way. To the one we are the savor of death. Unto death. And unto the other the savor of life. Unto life. And who is sufficient for these things. Those that are dead. In trespasses and sins. When they hear you preaching the word of God, they, you smell like death to them. Judgment, and that's exactly what you are. But to those that are saved, you smell like life. Right from the Lord. Look at verse 5 of chapter 36. Jeremiah commanded Baruch saying, I am shut up. I cannot go into the house of the Lord. He couldn't, but Baruch could. And verse 15, they said to him, sit down now and read it in our ears. So Baruch read it in their ears. So I say the word of God not only disrupts, the word of God also is unstoppable. Paul sitting in jail. He said, I am in, bound in chains, stocks, 
But the word of God is not bound. He said, well, the king said, I'll stop it. Give me my pocket knife. Throw it in that fire. Throw it in that fire. And he did it till it was all in the fire. See, I stopped it. No, he didn't stop a thing. Didn't stop a thing. He just opened his judgment up to a hotter fire. Anyway, the word of God is unstoppable. And even though Jeremiah is in jail and cannot go to the temple and preach, the word of God is not bound just as it was not bound in the days of the apostle Paul. Now I'll tell you, look at verse 1 to 3. It came to pass when Jehudi had read three or four leaves, that's columns, he cut it with a penknife and cast it into the fire that was on the fire that was on the hearth, and until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. The word of God is hated. There is no way. I know the ladies' class is studying Genesis now, and I've been there with Beverly. And let me tell you what, there is no way you cannot read Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 and come up with anything but God says that he created the heaven and the earth in six literal 24-hour days. There's not two accounts of creation there. There's just a continuation and an abbreviation in chapter 2. Anybody that's got a lick of sense... And that Hugh Ross is supposed to be so smart, some kind of so-called preacher that, that preaches evolution in billions of years. He says that those days are giant ages. He's stupid. Amen. He's a devil. Amen. You can't read that. I want somebody to go home this afternoon whenever we get done. I want you to read Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 and you write down what your opinion is of it. Did God say that he created the heaven and the earth and everything that's in it in six literal 24-hour days? You can't determine anything else but that. But people hate the word of God. You know why? It spoils the styles of men. Even some of the evolutionists have said the reason we so readily adopted evolution because we don't want some old God telling us what we can and can't do, what kind of sex we got to have. There's a bunch of them that have absolutely admitted it. And that's why they hate the Word of God. University of Kentucky, Harvard, Public schools in Lexington, not by everybody, but by the people that are in charge. They hate the word of God. Brother, you realize the things that you were on in Sunday school this morning in 1 King. Uh, wasn't there a verse there that said to the Jews, said, act like a man. Remember that? Most of us wouldn't think anything about that. Do you know that's hate speech? You ask these LGBT, what do you mean act like a man? 
What's a man? I'm telling you the absolute truth. And you think your kids don't, you think they're not in, indoctrinated in that? You send them to school every day and they get it every day. God's word is cut up. Portions deleted. Trimmed back. Neglected. Uh, neglected. Uh, ignored. Reinterpreted. Isn't that, isn't that what they're doing? If you don't like something, oh, well, that doesn't mean that for us. Like the head covering for the woman. You got preached, oh, well, that doesn't mean anything. We talk about these holidays. Find them in the Word of God. If, if the Word of God is our only rule of faith and practice, what I do, what we do in Richmond Road Baptist Church, we're going to have it in the Word of God or we ain't going to do it. Amen. Now, folks, that's the way it is. Anyway, then God's Word is burned. In essence, the king is attempting to burn God. You can't separate God from his word. What's his name? He's a useless vegetable. What do you put on a plate just to make it pretty? Some kind of sprig. What is it? Parsley. Huh? Parsley. Parsley. Yeah, that's him. Rod Parsley. You listen to him. Uh, no, don't. But if you happen to, he says, your Bible says. Listen to it. That's what he says. He thinks he's more important than the Bible. And what he preaches definitely is not Bible. Jim Jones, and I know that's old ancient history. When all those people that drank that Kool-Aid down there in, in uh, was it Dutch Guiana? I think it was Dutch Guiana, one of the Guianas. You remember all those people? You remember all that? It's still in the news. He was in Indianapolis, one of his great big temples or tabernacles, they called it. And all this big crowd of people. And he was in front of them in the pulpit. He took a big Bible and he shut it and put it away. If they, if they knew the Lord, they should have known right then that he's a devil and left right then, but they didn't, and many of them died. Anyway, the word of God burned. In essence, the kingdom is attempting to burn God. That's who they want to get rid of is God, but you can't separate God from his word. And the Bible does tell us, and it's with reference to false prophets, by their fruit ye shall know them. But when they start change, when they start telling you, oh, this is a better translation. I don't know of a better translation than the King James Version. Is it perfect? No, it's a translation. But it's the best one we've got. You can't have a perfect. You know that? It's impossible to have a perfect translation. You cannot go from one language to another language with a perfect translation. It's impossible. 
If you know anything about language, you know I'm telling you the truth. Because language is culture. You don't have words in Spanish for everything in English. Or you don't have words in English for everything Spanish. That's why you've got to be careful. You go to another language, go to another country, and you're trying to tell something. You better make sure you know what you're talking about because you may be stirring some stuff up that you're telling something wrong. Anyway, God's word must be discerned. Look at verse 24. Yet they were not afraid, nor rent their garments, neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words. They didn't discern it. They should have been afraid. They should have rent their garments in repentance, but they didn't. Well, it's not a guarantee. When you hear the word of God, it's not a guarantee. Repentance is a gift of God. And you know, look throughout, especially the book of Revelation, all of the things they go through, and yet they would not repent. And here they would not repent, hearing all of the word of God. Like the heathen around, these are Jews. They had no conception of the significance of the warnings or the king's actions. Uh, Look back over here at chapter 35 real quick. The Rechabites. And I said before the sons of the house of the Rechabites, pots full of wine and cups, and I said unto them, drink you wine. But they said, we will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, saying, you shall drink no wine, neither ye nor your sons forever. Well, that's a quote of Leviticus. So, Verse 16 now. I've got to scatter out as we go through this. Because the sons of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, have performed the commandment of their father, which he commanded them, but this people have not hearkened unto me. They've not listened unto him. And verse 18, And Jeremiah said unto the house of the Rechabites, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, because you have obeyed the commandment of Jonadab your father, and kept all his precepts, and done according to all that he hath commanded you. Therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab, the son of Rechab, shall not want a man to stand before me forever. So remember there, remember their testimony. The word of God is true, and it is to be obeyed. And then in chapter 36, verse 27. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after that the king had burned the roll and the words which Baruch wrote at the mouth of Jeremiah saying, Take thee again another roll and write in it all the former words that were in the first roll which Jehoiakim the king of Judah hath burned. And thou shalt say to Jehoiakim king of Judah, Thus saith the Lord, Thou hast burned this roll, saying, Why hast thou written therein? Saying, the king of Babylon shall certainly come and destroy this land and shall cause to cease from thence man and beast. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of, Jehoi- of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, he shall have none to sit upon the throne of David. In other words, he's going to die and all of his progeny is going to die. And his dead body shall be cast out in the day to the heat and in the night to the frost. He ain't even going to get a burial. 
And I will punish him and his seed and his servants for their iniquity. And I will bring upon them and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and upon the men of Judah all the evil that I pronounced against them. But they hearkened not. Then took Jeremiah another roll and gave it to Baruch the scribe, the son of Neriah, who wrote therein from the mouth of Jeremiah, all the words of the book which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire, and there were added besides unto them many like words. God's word abides forever. <clears throat> you can't destroy it. My, my, Satan tried it at the, the original battleground. Couldn't do it. He's still trying it. But see, all of his army is not just in the communists, not just in the LBGT, it's in the Catholic Church, it's in the Protestant churches, and it's even in some Baptist churches. Don't you know guys that say, oh, well, you can't pay any attention to that. That's just symbolic. And they take the scriptures and turn them around. And make them say exactly what they don't say. We're in the book of Jeremiah. Turn, turn back to chapter 10. I'm going to read this passage to you. Chapter 10. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh. Hear ye the word of the Lord. And the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. <coughs> Thus saith the Lord. Now he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed a bit. There's not even a shadow of turning. With the Lord. Learn not the way of the heathen. And be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed at them. The signs of heaven are the sun, the moon, and the stars. For the customs of the people are vain. Mindless. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. They are upright as a palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born or carried because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good. For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great in thy name is great in might. Now there's the word of the Lord. He's the same Lord today as he was then. 
Hadn't changed a bit. Let's all stand.